Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the fifth episode of the special quarantine season. Uh, the next guest up was the first ever guest on 7 Million Bikes and the first ever repeat guest on 7, bi- 7 Million Bikes. And I haven't spoken to him in over a month and I wanted to catch up with him and have a chat because I miss talking to him. So let's welcome J.K. Hobson. How are you? Yeah, what up? I'm good, man. Um, just in quarantine. Uh not really quarantine just actually chilling um <laughs> but yeah i'm here in my apartment in uh in district three of saigon looking out the window at the minimal amount of traffic that's just driving by uh, a bunch of motorbikes driving by my window and uh it's pretty chill the sky's looking pretty clear because there's not a lot of uh i guess there's not a lot of pollution these days so could be yeah. a lot worse could be a lot worse. Yeah, man. It is, it is an added benefit, isn't it? I'll look at the AQI, and I'm used to seeing like 150, and don't go out without a mask, and now it's all green, and the sky is blue. Um, so uh, here's but some still, don't go out so without a mask. Well, that's true. That's true, just for a very different reason, right? Um, so do you want to explain to us, so today's Friday, the 3rd of April. Um yep. I'm on day 14 of quarantine, so 14 days here, which has gone by surprisingly fast. 
we've just had our second COVID test today. So as soon as we get that all clear on the second test, then we'll be allowed to go, which is doubtful that we'll be ready for tomorrow. So we're hoping that on Sunday we'll be able to get out of here. But we're going to come back to a very different place. When we left Saigon on the on March 10th, life was a... Pretty much normal, and then now we're going to come back into a very different scenario. So do you want to tell me, because I'm still figuring out what life's going to be like, and for anyone listening around the world, what is life like in Saigon right now? Well, um, it's really quiet. Uh, the government has asked that uh, people don't leave their homes unless they absolutely need to. And need to means, like, you know, going out to get food. Um, they've limited public meetings, in other words, you're not supposed to meet people out in public, uh, to two people at a time. So you're going to go out and meet somebody, make sure you're meeting only one person. And they want us to obey like social distancing rules, which is, you know, make sure you're standing a meter apart, or two meters apart, rather, from uh, anybody you're talking to. Uh, right now, I'm looking at four people walking across the street. Uh, they are all wearing masks, but they're standing right next to each other. So, um, I would so say the messages are getting through to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that because Vietnam was so ahead of the curve, you know, Vietnam closed the border to China. I forget when that was. It might have even. Oh, it might have. January, right? In January, right? Yeah. And then, so, yeah, full tet. and then we had the Tet holiday, which lasted until the end of January. And I remember I had two classes that weekend, right, which, which is like, I guess, the first weekend of February. Mm. And then that was it. The public schools were closed. So I, I think if I'm estimating correctly, although so we had the Tet holiday, I don't even know if public schools opened after the Tet holiday. Right? Public schools. Probably not, right? So, in effect, public schools have been closed since the middle of January. Right? Um, And then slowly. Yeah. Yeah, that's like over two months already. Right? Um, Actually, shit. Yeah. Yeah, over two months. Right? Um, Almost three months. Jesus Christ. This is going on forever. a lot of people have been teaching online, like so. Fortunately for me, the the company that I work for is an English teacher. Uh, they found a way to co- sort of transition the classes so that I, I can work online now. Although I have way less work than I did, you know, when I had regular classes. Um, so people are scraping by, um, but but okay. So we'll get to that in a minute. But the other things they did, like slowly, they started implementing different rules like at a certain point i guess it was the beginning of march or maybe the second week of march they said that uh, all bars and clubs should close because they're deemed as unnecessary right so then you still had restaurants open and then about a week and a half ago they said uh, okay all restaurants that seat more than 30 people should remain closed or not or just not seat anybody you can send stuff to go you can you can order stuff to take away but you can't sit at the restaurant. And then that became all restaurants uh, feeding more than 10 people should remain closed in business. So right now, you have some restaurants open. Everybody's doing takeaway. Everybody's doing grab. 
um, some and Grab is our local uh, rideshare company. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard that some so they have a, a declaration of health that you can fit out, fill out online. And I've heard that some grab drivers will ask to see your declaration of health, which is basically if you fill it out, it's like, well, where is the last place you traveled? Have you had a fever? You know, basically uh, giving your word that you haven't uh, been around anyone who has coronavirus and you haven't developed symptoms of coronavirus of your own. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's why you have to show I don't know. Right. Um, so, but because Vietnam has been so ahead of the curve, like, again, like you're seeing news in, in the U.S., you know, people, I mean, people, people are still going out, you know, I saw, I've, I've seen, <laughs> I, I saw this, I saw a mega church. There's like 550 people in this mega church praying that coronavirus will go away. I'm like, I got a better idea. How about not meet up with 550 people? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's like one of those zombie movies where there's like, oh, there's one zombie in the crowd of people, but then that person bites somebody and that person bites somebody. And next thing you know, you got a whole COVID-19 horde piling out of the megachurch. Well, did you see in in your hometown of New York, they they brought in a naval ship to accommodate patients that weren't, um, didn't have COVID, like patients, and everyone flocked out to go and see this naval ship. Yeah, that was that was that was very dumb. To be fair, I don't think any of those were native New Yorkers. I don't think uh, native New Yorkers. Those are no. new people. They don't really. <laughs> they don't really care. They're not really people. Um, yeah, I did see that. That was that, that's. I mean, and it's. I mean, it's a total shit show over there, man. They've got like. I stopped counting at forty thousand cases, and close to three hundred people dead. You know, and that was that was maybe two days ago. You know, I haven't I haven't checked the latest numbers, but I mean, mm. just the, the sheer density of New York, you know, and it's like, you know, and you can ask people to, to, to quarantine. You can ask people to, to stay in their homes. But, you know, not everybody has the luxury. You know, I'm a I'm a single guy, you know, so I can sit here in my apartment alone like indefinitely. I spend most of my time alone anyway, you know, but some people live with families and, you know, and, you know, in large buildings. That's another thing is uh, a few of the large buildings here in Saigon, there was a case where uh, there's a, it's kind of notorious here in, in Saigon now where this one bar uh, didn't, they, they used a loophole to get out of the, the, the early closing regulation, they, out, out of the closing ruling, uh, because they had a restaurant license. So they said, well, technically, since we have this, we serve food, which is like, you know, French fries, buffalo wings, bar food or whatever, they could stay open, right? So they stayed mm-hmm. open for a St. Paddy's Day celebration. And, of course, everybody's got a drink on St. Paddy's Day, right? So a bunch of people went out to drink, and it turned out that one person who was in attendance uh, was a pilot that had just flown in from overseas. And he wasn't exhibiting symptoms yet. And I think uh, something like 17 cases uh, immediately started from that, and now we're up to. Last time I checked yesterday was 222 cases. You know, 75 of them uh, have recovered, but there's still 222 and counting, obviously. So mm. some of the people that were at that bar at that time um, were also diagnosed with coronavirus or tested positive, and they lived in huge buildings, like like you know, like tall mm. apartment buildings. 
and they immediately quarantine the entire apartment building, like no ins and outs, you know, so they're really being hardcore about it. You know, I, I would say that mm. this is probably in an epidemic like this, um, Vietnam is, is not only well prepared, but the, the, the government can enforce the kind of control that they see fit, you know, for example, mm. quarantining a whole building. Like, it would be really difficult to pull something like that off in the United States. You know what I mean? People would be like, well, you know. Oh, Can you imagine? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> the land of freedom. You know, you get the freedom to go and go to a mega church if you want to while there's a, you know, a pandemic. Right. So I think that's part of the reason why, you know, they're having such a hard time getting a hold of it. And also just people just not listening, not staying home. Mm. You know, not, you know. They, well, we were talking just yeah. today. We were just talking today about how Vietnam learned a lot from SARS because they were quite, yeah. they were impacted by that and they've taken those lessons on board. And I think that's what we're seeing with these reactions in Vietnam is learning those lessons and, and getting things done quickly, but also yeah, because it has the authority to do it and the, the, the population will, will acquiesce to that. Um, right. We're almost in a fortunate position. But now when you see America, like, you know, obviously people distrust the government for right or wrong reasons, um, whatever they are. And, you know, there's, there's a reason not to be 100 percent trustful. But um, that's a problem. Right. Like we've had shady governments for so long in America and the UK that people there's so little trust that at a time like this, when you really need to trust the people in charge, it's completely eroded. And then you also have someone in charge who's completely untrustworthy as well so right. i mean right yeah watching the yeah. developments in america right now you're just like i mean you, you've probably seen it as well you've seen the daily show clips of trump being like oh it's just the flu and then like another yeah. clip of him two weeks later saying you know some people are saying that it's just the flu but it's not just the flu it's worse than that and it's like you were yeah. the person saying two yeah. weeks ago that this yeah. is just the flu like yeah yeah Ugh. yeah don't yeah so, don't, um, don't get me started and then and then he's and then he's like uh what was the other thing he said was he's like yeah well you know things were said you know but we're moving on I'm, I'm like he says he says he's about the future he's not about like looking at so basically he doesn't he doesn't want to come out and say that he was wrong so it's kind of like when when somebody does something egregious and you're like you know he did something like two days ago it's like hey hey what, why'd, why'd you do that you know why, why'd you kick my dog it's like dude that was two days ago can we just move on can you like can, let's i can't do anything about that right let's just like pick it up from here right that's what he's trying yeah. to do. He's just trying to change the narrative. And, and that's, yeah. And, there, and so there's a reason not to trust, you know, the standing, you know, executive branch, you know, but there are people that, that he has on his cabinet, uh, that guy, uh, what's his name? Fulci? The, the, yes, the, uh, I think. right. And that, and that guy, you know, the, the, I'm pretty sure the reason he has, he's in the position that is that, that he's in, that he probably doesn't challenge Trump to his face. You know, he doesn't of say, course. he doesn't come out and say, shouldn't be there you're wrong. Did. Right, right. No. It'd, be, it'd, be like, it'd be like being a friend of Michael Jackson's. It'd be like, hey, like, you, you think you might want to get all these kids out of your house, right? <laughs> you could be like, no, you're out of here. You're not my friend. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. you know there's probably well, somebody that was telling him that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that, Fauci. Um, we were watching being stuck here in quarantine last week have you seen those ads on youtube come up for masterclass or i don't know if you've watched any of those episodes it's you know you have an expert speaker who gives a masterclass on a different subject whether it's storytelling yes. or 
different things. Yeah. And so uh, Rumi Anastasia had an account and we watched one from an FBI negotiator and it was really, really interesting talking about negotiation, negotiation techniques and yeah. tone of voice and tactics and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And one of the tips that he gave was if you're at a negotiation, negotiating table with like a, a people with people like more than one person and you've oh. got the main person talking the main person negotiating, he's like, you should be looking at the other people's reactions in the room because then right. you can start to figure out if what he's saying is true or not. If he puts a deal on the right. table, but you see yeah. the other guy kind of wince or, or react or, yeah. or whatever, then you will begin to understand if he's telling the truth or not or what, what he's right. really saying by watching right. the other people. And I was like, that's exactly what you do with a Trump press conference sure. or what you should do with sure. any press conference is watch sure. the other people. Because I don't know how many times have you seen somebody up at the podium beside Trump and he says something and you watch like um, John Kelly's reaction or Fauci's reaction and they're just like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was the guy who was the, the astronaut? I forget. Is it, was, it, was it Buzz Aldrin? He was like classic. I think, the, yeah. But like he was, you know, I think Trump was like signing some some bills maybe to, to uh, allocate more money to NASA or something like that. But he's just talking and he's just like, oh, my God, it's just, you know, it's like watching The Office. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, Michael says some crazy shit and everybody and nobody can say anything. You know what I mean? You can just see their reaction. You know, everybody's just held hostage by this moron. You know, I think but, um, analogy. Yeah, I love that yeah, show. Opposite. That's exactly yeah, what yeah. it's like. Nobody questions and we, him, but then the camera waited someone yeah. like, really? Yeah, yeah. And guess what? We all work in the mailroom, right? We don't even have access to this person. We just we just work in the mailroom, right? With Patrice O'Neill and uh, and Craig Anderson. Um, yeah. But there's there's another thing actually. Just getting back to to Vietnam for a second. There's something that I learned, which was that uh. So, so Vietnam closed the, the I figured out, they, they closed the border to, to, to China in, in late January. But then Vietnam has this, this policy, which it enacts in, in cases of usually uh, natural disasters like floods and typhoons, like especially in, in like the central where like flooding is, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Like you can see, like I used to live in Hue and in the rainy season in Hue, like you'll like you'll see like literally people will have their bikes on boats and like like walking them walking their bikes over these like very I mean you think D2 floods you think Tao Dien flood it's like nothing like that people are like chest deep in water so they right. have this policy that they call the four on the spot policy right and they use this to handle uh, the pandemic right and, and you can look up what this means later but it's on the spot includes leadership on the spot, human resources on the spot, means and materials on the spot, and logistics on the spot. So basically, like they're 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 facing it full on. They're facing it, you know, from from Jump Street, you know. And again, this is uh, you know, I think this is again part of the reason why they've been able to get such a handle on it over here, and uh, and yeah, and over there, it's still it's still a debate. I mean, if you look online. I'm still having a debate with people as, as to whether I had one guy argue with me in all seriousness. He said, oh, you know, well, they're just saying all these people died. But I don't know anybody who died. You know, oh my you know God. anybody who died? That's his reasoning. He, he's saying everybody's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out for no reason. You know, do you know. But did you die, though? You know, 
And it's uh, all, it I mean, you've seen people that. make these arguments before, right? Like, uh, I don't know the Earth round because I've not seen it round, or I haven't been to the moon, so I don't know if we went to the moon. It's like, well, <laughs> at some point you've got to trust something, right? Yeah. 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 Trust experts. You have to trust yeah. experts. You know, do you think, do you think like everybody who, uh, who, is a scientist that goes back and runs the experiments for every single thing that they, you know, that people have learned up until that point. No, science is like, yes, it's, it's, it's to a degree you're sitting on the shoulders of giants. And, and, and that's one way that, you know, people use that to kind of frown upon science, but there's agreed upon collective reality. Right. Mm. And, and if you want to challenge that, you can, but you have to prove it. You don't just by saying, if you just say, well, you know, you don't know that. That's not the same as proving the opposite is true. So in other words, if I tell you, Neil, you can't prove that the Earth is round, that is not a, a rational argument for the Earth being flat. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. And that's, and that's the grounds that they're standing on. You know, these, these guys, I'm still waiting for them to find the end of it, you know? And, and this uh, is going to be a big problem in the U.S. Like what you're saying, if people, if you're, if we're at a stage right now where it's obviously an um, a massive issue in the U.S. New York's ground zero. I just we just read today that apparently there's nobody in New York who doesn't know someone who's sick, which then counters the argument of the person you're talking to. They probably live, I don't know where they live, maybe somewhere rural. I mean that argument just doesn't work because you go to New that York and you like probably will know someone. Right, right. There's only what less than 200 cases of COVID. Know someone that died, but um, what he means worldwide, does he? But um. If you've got an America right now that people still can't agree on climate change and things like this are still such partisan issues, what worries me for America is what you've just pointed out, is how are they going to agree on this? Because they even showed on the, I watched on, I think it was the Trevor Noah Daily Show yesterday, or was it Seth Miles, showing Sean Hannity again, just flip-flops his position. He goes from one, two weeks ago, calling it like a hoax and whatnot, and then now he's like, nobody takes this more seriously than me, and it's like, yeah. dude, choose a side. Like, no, it's just, yeah. And then so obviously people watch that, and then that filters through. So if it becomes real partisan, and you have people not believing science, um, I think that's what's going to be a big problem for America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we were talking about this before. You know, the, the thing is... If you had hokey ideas 30 years ago, right, then you, you would just have to sit there with your hokey-ass ideas and live in your apartment with a tinfoil hat on or whatever, you know. But now you have an internet, and you can build a hokey-ass website on whatever your dumbass idea is, right? And if you get enough people to agree with that dumbass idea, it can, it can uh, you know, it can be propagated, you know, and, that, and mm. that's what's happening, you know. And so... You get people who – some people just are, are against science because they just don't understand it. And rather than, mm. like, actually trying to, you know, trying to see, well, like, all, all this stuff, it's the science, you know, uh, promotes these ideas because they've been proven to be true. That's, that's how science works. You have an idea. Science works because you try to disprove something, you know? Like, the, the reason they found out Earth was round is come on and try to disprove that the Earth was, Earth was round. Even if you're trying to prove it. Right. You have to try to disprove it in order to prove it. And if you can't disprove it, then it turns out to be true. But uh, yeah, but we're not we're not there yet with the trust in science. And there's a very there's as far as the climate change thing, you know, there's a there's a monetary, you know, there's a, there's an economic incentive 
towards a lot of these politicians denying climate change, right? Because then all of a sudden, you know, the, the what's going to happen to the oil lobbyists? What's going to happen to all these industries, all this money? If, if it turns out that human beings are responsible for climate change and it has to do with CO2 emissions, right? Then these companies are going to have to do something different or they're going to have to not exist. And well, how's that going to affect the economy? So these, so like the oil companies don't disagree. If you look at scientists that work for, for oil companies, they don't disagree that, that it's, it's causing uh, climate change, right? The scientists don't. But when they lobby the politicians, the politicians can pretend to disagree, even though they might totally believe it. But it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't benefit them economically to, to, to agree with the climate science. So they go and pro propagate this bullshit idea to broke people that have nothing to gain economically from the denial of climate change and everything else to lose, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, there you go. There you have, there you have an idea. Now you have the dis distrust in science. And who are these scientists? Oh, they think they're so smart with their science, right? And next thing you know, when something real like this comes along, then all of a sudden there's this, you know, there's this ingrained distrust and people don't want to fucking listen. They want to go, they want to, go to a mega church. Meanwhile, mm. ask, ask one of these, ask one of these, uh, these, these, these priests, one of these pastors, whatever the hell, who supposedly has healing hands. I asked them to go to one of those uh, coronavirus uh, hospitals, right, with no mask on and no gloves, right, and go heal everybody. I bet you, I bet you anything, they won't set foot in one of those places. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So we're we're just we're just gonna die from stupid ideas. You know. Well, you know, the thing is, I think it's, um, I probably said this before somewhere on the podcast, so I used to be a massive conspiracy theorist, right, going back like 12 years ago, I remember around about 2008, and probably for a couple of years, believed everything I saw on YouTube, was like, I'm never going to vaccinate my children, because I'd seen like one YouTube video, no, not even close to having kids, but that was already, I was like, yeah, that's terrible, there's mercury in it, you know, and, and believed everything I read, and then obviously, yeah. um, got a little bit wiser over time, it didn't change overnight, but I remember kind of one of the big step changes was uh, I went to work for a science institute. So I'm not a scientist, but I was doing, doing fundraising. So it was a charity. And I, I spoke to one of the scientists. I was like, look, you know, I read all this stuff. I've not all this stuff. I've seen all this stuff about anti-vaxxers and acne vaccinations. Like, what do you think about that? And she was just like, it's an insult to science. She's like, to think that there's scientists out there that aren't trying to help people. She's like, yeah, there might be scientists that are trying to make money more than anything, but she's like, there's good people out there every day working to cure cancer, which is what they were doing at this institute, cure arthritis, like cure allergies. There's people out there working every single day for like next to no money. There's not money in scientists, in science. There's mm -hmm. not many rich scientists, you know what I mean? They're, they're out there just mm -hmm. trying to make the world a better place. She's like, I want to cure yeah. cancer. That's my goal in yeah. life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... To then hear it from a scientist, and then when you start to realize, you know, and I used to believe in all this, all the scientists are in on it, you know, the, what do you want to call yeah. it, the deep state or the Rothschilds, or they're all right. controlled, you know, they, they're in it for the money. And then when you start to actually, like, look by that quite loose argument, you're like, these scientists are all so disconnected. They all work for different research institutes, universities around the world. Very few of yeah. them are working for massive pharmaceutical companies and the ones that are, are just trying to tweak bloody ibuprofen so they can sell it under a new name like they're not trying to poison your children the, the whole thing as well about like because i worked at a cancer institute as well was the people say this was a there's a common one i'm sure you've heard right that they don't want to cure cancer because the treatment is more profitable they want people to keep getting cancer so they can right. keep treating it 
And, yeah. and again, I learned this just through working at a science institute. It couldn't be further from the truth. The truth yeah. is, if someone was to find a cure for cancer, it would be the most profitable thing ever. Because do you know what's the number one control. cause of cancer? Um, sugar? Old age. We're just getting older. Old age. Literally, we're getting being alive. Being alive. If you, being alive causes cancer. Choose, like literally, dead, dead people don't. Dead people don't get cancer. That's one good thing. Yeah, it's yeah. literally just part of the aging process. Is right. You get every single person gets cancer every day, and your body just deals with it. And then as you get older, eventually one of those cancerous cells is going to turn into a tumor, and whether it's benign or malignant or not. And I may be yeah. speaking out a ton here because, as I said, I'm not a scientist, but from what I remember, from what I learned. This is what I remember to be the case. So the fact sense. to say the fact to say that they want to they don't want to cure cancer because treating it's more profitable is absolutely ludicrous. And again, when I spoke to a real scientist who's investigating was investigating at the time brain cancer and having amazing results, she's like, it's an insult to me and to other scientists to claim that we don't want to cure cancer. So yeah, yeah. As I said it wasn't an overnight for me, but like a step by step change and then talking to real people, realizing how the real world works, you're like, there's no grand conspiracy. Like I, I, there's just not. And I still yeah. know people out there who are anti vaxxers, who don't want to vaccinate their children. And I get yeah. it, like I understand it because I had that point of view for a for a short yeah. time. But yeah. now though I'm like I think it's dangerous, like measles are going up, mumps are going up, we need a vaccine for this flu. Nobody's yeah. rushing out to try and find a new essential oil that's going to cure coronavirus. Just like you're saying, the priests aren't running into the hospital yeah. with their healing hands. Like, yeah. We know that science is going to solve this. So the fact that people can still be against science because they don't understand it, that it's uh, very frustrating, right? Well, well, we'll see. When when they come up with a, with a vaccine for the coronavirus, that's when the rubber is going to hit the road. And we're going to see about these anti-vaxxer people and see what's going to happen to them. You know what I mean? Like, because first of all, you're going to have to stand by your, you know, stand by your original position, because in in modern day society, as governed by social media, the worst thing that you can be is wrong. That's like the worst thing. If somebody mm -hmm. like if you're actually proven wrong or have to say that you're wrong, like you're talking about Sean Hannity, that he, uh, you know, one minute he's saying it's a hoax and then he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he's wrong. And then and the next Two weeks later, he's talking about nobody's more serious about this coronavirus <laughs> than I am, right? It's like no, yeah. nobody wants to be wrong. So these people are going to, you know, you know, we'll see. It. These people are still clutching on to their, their ideas, you know. But, uh, you know, something you were saying got me thinking about, like, science for profit. You know who I bet the profitable scientists are? You know who I bet they are? Or some cool. of them, at least? Is, the, like, those 3% of, of scientists that, uh, that are against climate change. Right. Of course, yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Ones. They're, they're freaking loaded, right? You get like mm -hmm. the oil companies, like, hey, oh, hey, we, we saw about your research. We want to give you some more money for your research, you know, that's disproving climate change, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have this, there's, there's literally no other way out of this, you know? We have to trust people that are experts in, in the subject I, or, or become an expert yourself. But, at, but being an expert, does not include just fishing around on the goddamn internet, right? Because mm -hmm. you, I mean, you can find anything, whatever your agenda is, whatever your position is on anything, you can find someone to back it up on the internet. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, talking about before, like the, you know, the, the the best thing about the internet is that you know anybody with any idea, you know, can is, has a has a forum for which they can share 
you know, whatever their idea is, whatever their thoughts are. The worst thing about the internet is anyone with an idea can share their idea <laughs> on this medium and share what their thoughts are. You yeah. Know? So, you know, so we just got to be smarter. And I'm just talking about like, even just regular ass everyday people, like, you know, at least, at least five times a day, I see somebody on my Facebook feed, which means most of these people I know personally, like posting something that is so easily proven false. Like if you see something mm-hmm. and you, you, you see, and you're like, wow, I so agree with that. That see, that's just what I was thinking, right? It's something that's just like kind of mind-blowingly true for you, right? Just do one more search just to make sure, just Google it, you know what I mean? And make sure that Snopes isn't the first thing that comes up, yeah. you know, but people, people get so excited about, about that kind of stuff. So I think now, I mean, the first thing on this agenda is, is figuring out this pandemic and, you know, how to, you know, how to keep people from getting it, how to slow down the rate of, of, of contraction so that, you know, so that the, the hospitals aren't overworked. These, and fucking, you should talk to a doctor about this. You should, you, that, that should be one of your shows. Talking to an mm. actual doctor that has to work in one of these places. Because they, they, I'm sure if I were one of those people, I would want to put these people's head through a freaking wall. You know what I mean? Because these, these ideas, these ideas, you know, isolated, you know, are annoying. But in the context of what's going on, like propagating the idea that the coronavirus is a flu or it's a hoax, it's dangerous. Oh, by the no, way. That's a good shout. Yeah. I was um, just going to say, if there's any doctors listening who want to who come on, or maybe I'll have a wee bit of a search and see if there's anyone that um, anyone I know that might want to come on, because uh, that would be interesting. Because I think as well, what I think with the, the internet, what you're talking about, anyone can say what they want. A lot of it's kind of harmless, right? Like, you're just reading it on the internet. You're forming your own views. Even, like, you know, I'm talking about me being a bit anti-vaxxer. But then as soon as more and more more people believe in it, now we see the things like more and more anti-vaxxers and the rise in measles and things like this. And then now when it comes to a situation like this, this is is now where it is actually dangerous. It's not just online. It's not just people chatting in a forum. It's not just a couple of people going, yeah, I believe in that, like, and like you said, they don't want to admit they're wrong. Their position is entrenched. And then now when we have this global pandemic and all these experts are saying one thing, they're like, hmm, well, I'm not sure I believe that. It's Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to figure out, we're going to figure out like how far freedom of speech should go. Because there's the whole thing where, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. The, like this is like, like classic uh, argument for, for uh, the First Amendment that's used in America. First Amendment being uh, freedom of speech, right? It's like, okay, so this freedom of speech, does that mean you have the freedom to yell fire in a crowded movie theater? This is like the classic, you know, and, and the answer is no, because you're putting people's lives in danger, right? So case in point, uh, there was a guy, and this wasn't even that dangerous, but there was a guy here in Saigon, a local Vietnamese dude, and he was posting things on Facebook. That, like, be prepared, everyone. The government is about to enforce a lockdown, and it starts tonight at midnight. Mind you, a friend of mine, someone that you probably know, called me on the same day, called me on the phone, right? Like, how many times do you just call somebody on the phone these days, right? (laughs) And he calls me on some, it's happening today. Jake, make sure you're not on the street after 6 o'clock. They're going to start grabbing uh, foreigners and they're going to start putting them in quarantine camps. You better stay inside. And they're coming after Americans. He was like on some, 
really paranoid, frantic. And I'll tell you what, it freaked me out for about five minutes until I called some other mm. friends and we talked about it. We're like, yo, he's tripping. And, and of course, nothing like that happened. They did, they did enforce another level of, of quarantine, which is like, hey, just don't go out, you know, like we were talking about before, don't go out if you don't have to, just go and get food. But the guy who originally made this post was actually jailed and fined for publishing, publishing uh, misinformation. Hmm. Which, you know, I mean, there's a, so there's a, there's a, I mean, there's an argument to be made whether that was good or not, but it's interesting that it happens. You know, if people got jailed for publishing misinformation, you know, in the States, oh, the jails would be full. You have to get all those crack dealers out, all those people (laughs) who sold weed, (laughs) right? But it's Uh, like, um, it's a fine line, right? Because we, we had this discussion that you're talking about today in the room and, and what we were saying was right. So, so right now we're saying like, well, that's a good thing because he's publishing misinformation, right? But then that's, you have to then also be like, okay, but that means you 100% believe what the government's saying, whatever country it is, to the fact, to the point that, that we agree that they should punish this person for publishing information that they disagree with. And that's a dangerous path because then if we're starting to give governments the power to punish someone publishing stuff that they disagree with, it's a real dangerous precedent, and that's why America is on the other side of the scale of, you know, you can almost say whatever and do what you want because they have that freedom of government and blah, blah, blah. And so the other one thing that we've mentioned a couple of times is all these governments now have these emergency powers, lockdown, what so forth, but what they don't lift those powers. Now, I don't think that will be the case. I think governments will lift these powers. I, I do still have trust in them, but again, it's just there's, a, there's a, definitely a, a worry there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I trust any government with, with having like the limited amount of power. I mean, you don't really have much of a choice, right? But, but I don't know if I have. I don't. <laughs> definitely, Trump is the last president I would want to have in charge when they start enforcing martial law, right? Mm. But to go back to the original thing you said. They didn't jail the guy because they disagreed with what he's like. You can't like. There's not. Ah, this is such a, 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 a kind of esoteric thing. There's no such thing as disagreeing with a fact, right? So like, <laughs> if, if I say there's such thing as dogs, and you say you disagree, like that's that's it's not it's not debatable. Like whether the so the government, it's not that the government disagreed with the the guy uh, posting that they were going to enforce martial law or whatever. It just wasn't true. There's not, yeah. it, it's like you can't, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's a funny yeah. thing that I'm, I'm having trouble uh, articulating right now, you know, but, but, you know, again, if I tell you two parts hydrogen, oxygen makes water and you go, I disagree. This is not, it's not a debatable point. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's Italian not something It's not an opinion. It's not an opinion is what I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. We apparently have mean. alternative facts these days. So, you know, maybe there's alternative water. I don't know. Yeah, okay. You're about to have an alternative <laughs> conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <With> yourself. <laughs> no, you, you remember that one when Kellyanne Conway came of out course, with her alternative facts? Yeah, of course yeah. I do. Yeah, I was just making sure you knew that I wasn't actually no, no, saying that I, much. No, no, no. I, no, no I, I got you. I get that you were. I get it was a callback and that you were being, All right. being, <laughs> being <laughs> ironic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tell alternative me, facts. Huh? This, 
We used to call it bullshit. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> that's because there's facts, and then there's bullshit. You know what I mean? But you can't say bullshit on TV. So. Oh, this is the beauty of the internet. We can just make a podcast from the balcony of my quarantine via the beauty of Skype, and we can just put it out there, and someone's going to listen to this, and they're either going to think that we're talking bullshit or we're making sense. I'm not too sure. Uh, send me a message. Know what you think. But <laughs> yeah. let's let's move from let's move on from the heavy stuff. So, what have you done to prepare for quarantine? Because as I said, we're hopefully getting out soon. We've been out of the country since the the 10th of March. We have nothing in the house. We are going to have to get out of here and get prepared pretty quickly for basically another quarantine, but just this time we're going to be at home. Yeah. Um, What have I done for quarantine? I just mostly, uh, so I don't, as you know, I, I don't cook very often. You know, food is so cheap and so easy to get here in Vietnam and Saigon that generally I just, eat every meal out. Um, that's not an option. It's still an option to, to order meals, but I just feel like being, I've just been feeling like being a little more self-sufficient. So I did a bunch of food shopping. Um, I have kind of a small kitchen, so I kind of had to reorganize my, my kitchen to get my microwave and my toaster oven and my stovetop ready. So I got my stuff ready to cook. Uh, my last three meals I cooked, which you know I'm sure to people, uh, in the Western Hemisphere or outside of <laughs> Vietnam listening to this, that's like, you know, what do you want, a medal? But uh, yeah. that's unusual. Right, you know, but uh, so I've been cooking a lot at home, um, just kind of talking to people about, about different projects to launch. You know, this is, you know, for people here in Vietnam, especially teachers, uh, people have really taken a financial hit. I had a huge cut in my salary. Um, fortunately, I was able to talk to my landlord, and I got—I actually got a substantial rent reduction. So, you know, another advantage to not living in a capitalist society. You know, people aren't trying mm. to freaking get you everywhere you go. You know, yeah. um, I had—I I did a post about that on Facebook, right? I said, hey, you know what? I got a rent reduction. Everybody should try that with your landlord and see what they say. And some of my friends said that the landlord laughed in their faces. Really? They're just like, they're just well, like, we I, don't have work. They just laugh, just laugh in their faces. Yeah. No, so well, I read, me? I read your post and I did it and I got a rent reduction. Yeah, there you go. You see? Maybe not as substantial as yours, but I got like a twenty percent, which is better than nothing. Because yeah, we we had massive salary as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's a big deal. We had probably had a bigger cut in our salary, but still, you know, and at this time and you know, talking to relatives who one of my relatives owns a, a, an apartment, she's had to do the same. Her two tenants both lost their jobs right now, so she's had to reduce yeah. the rent. Like everyone's yeah. just in this vicious cycle of and you yeah. know, you can't be like I'm not gonna reduce your rent because that's just gonna hurt you in the long run, right? Like so Yeah. Yeah, everyone everyone's helping each other. But yeah, it was your post. I saw your post and I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to try that. And, and thankfully, mm-hmm. but like, well, yes, yeah, he's super nice. He's like in the same position. He's like my wife and I, we've both had salary cuts. I have two apartments that are empty right now because I can't rent them out. Like, so, I mean, just yeah. a bit of noise in the background now. Um, So just because someone might have a bit of money doesn't mean that they're not immune to these problems as well, you know? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, and yeah, the, the landlord owes money to somebody else. Exactly. Right. Somebody else too, you know? I mean, I think there should be like a unilateral, like let's just cut the shit, let's just cut the the economy game. For, just for, let's just stop for a minute. 
so we can yeah. just deal with this other shit. You know what I mean? Which, you know, yeah. goes back to the old Bill Hicks, you know, thing about the economy being fake. You know, this is like an agreed upon delusion that, you know, oh, this country is this much in debt and, oh, the deficit is this. And, you know, because when because when it comes down to it, like all we have is the, this planet full of people and resources, you know, and, and we have to figure out how to make this shit work. You know, yeah. I think that something like this is kind of like the reset button that's going to wake a lot of people up to that. You know, for sure. I could probably, that's I'll, definitely gonna be I'll probably get killed after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you remember like when when uh, I was going to talk about like performing and stuff, because obviously all of that has stopped. But you remember I was making quite a lot of I was starting all my shows for about a month or so with kind of coronavirus jokes and talking yeah. about it being an overreaction and people wearing masks when they don't have to and then i remember yeah. as it started to get more serious and i was like uh i kind of regret making these and then i was going on stage saying <laughs> i have been about coronavirus but i'm not anymore yeah. because i'm worried i'm going to be like that comedian that gets coronavirus and dies after making yeah. jokes about it Speaking it's not got that serious yeah but i feel i feel that yeah exactly right exactly i feel like there's a bit of irony there that i made so much fun of coronavirus and now i've ended up in government quarantine so so there you go but so how are you how are you getting on obviously you're not performing right now nobody is the arts are suffering around the world i was just listening to the prime minister of new zealand today talking about it and how they're trying to support the arts because that there's one industry that depends on people gathering together in a crowd to enjoy something well just 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 to go back for a second i just want you you shouldn't be too hard on yourself i think and I, i'm being sincere it's like back then we didn't know shit i mean it, i'm not saying it was good that you were kind of downplaying you know but at the end of the day you're you're not the head of state you're not a head of state so what you say <laughs> at, that, at that time is just coming from you know a place of like literally ignorance, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't yeah, really do a lot of coronavirus jokes because I just didn't, I just, it just, it just seemed too topical That's for some reason, whatever. <laughs> but then I ended up doing some later. Um, but in terms of, uh, but what, what, I'm sorry, what was, the, what was the second part of your question? I just wanted to get that in. Uh, about, you said the prime minister of New Zealand. Oh, she just said how the arts are suffering because all the arts need a Oh, a yeah. oh let to... me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I have been in my room. I am fucking. These pots and pans—they're just—they're just paralyzed with laughter. No, it's true. You need a. Would you ever have you that? Do. You ever have that? Like, you ever practice stand up in your room? Like, you know, like you get oh, yeah. some new jokes together, right? And then you just and you're just like, all right. So I'm gonna tell this joke, and then I'm gonna give it like, ten seconds for an applause break. Right, I got to time it, and I got to come after ten seconds, and then you go up on stage, and you're just like, "That's this is not, yeah. not how it went in my room. This wasn't how it went down in my living room." I find you it know? awkward when you're practicing it, and you just because I'll be practicing at home either by myself, or sometimes Adrian will be there, and I'll like you know I'll pause where the laughter would be, but you know she's maybe yeah. not listening, or, or she's not there, so there's just silence, and it's so awkward. And yet yeah, you're like, yeah. "This is where the laughter would be," and then you go yeah. up on stage, you deliver. Pause. Still nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's always awkward. <laughs> what, I, what I've kind of learned to do is just like just kind of roll over. Just keep going as if that wasn't that wasn't the joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, like Herman, like I meant to do that. You know. <laughs> you just have to keep going. I think that's been one of my um 
the things I've been, I've been most proud about since I got into stand-up comedy is never really letting those moments be too awkward. Like if you if you don't get a laugh right away, just move on and yeah. then they've forgotten about. Yeah. And the worst is comedians like really leave that awkward moment hanging, and it's nothing to do with the yeah. joke. Sometimes that joke. Yeah, a night I get a massive laugh the night before, and then the next night it won't. But some comedians, yeah. I think, leave that just way too long, and they and they get so awkward because it's like, oh, or they'll even say like, oh shit, that didn't work, and you're like, oh, why did you say that? Just move on, move on. Yeah, you'll forget yeah. about it. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, so, but some some comics are actually good at that too. Mitch Hedberg used to, you know, I hate that joke. You know, that was that was a terrible joke. You know, and you know, if you're if you're charming enough, you can pull anything off i'd love to see i'd love to see a, a clip of of dave Chappelle bombing i wonder i mean i saw the one where the people were yelling at him and stuff but to see how see how he handles it because you know i don't i don't know if it's a, a one-trick pony but for me i i would agree with you that uh yeah trying trying to leave as little little space little room for for yeah. awkwardness unless you're going to use the awkwardness somehow but i haven't mastered yeah. that either um but yeah i've just uh it's hard to think about stand-up comedy it's hard to think about like like what to write i mean you know most of the writing that i do in terms of like humor is stuff that i'll put up on facebook like little like one-off ideas like what was the one i did recently was uh is uh they say that uh covid19 has a one percent morbidity rate too bad we can't choose the one percent right that's so it's like a nice <laughs> efficient which is literally too bad we can't choose the one percent, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So just like writing stuff like that on, you know, and, and posting it up, and then you know, calling people, trying to just stay limber, you know, because mm -hmm. we don't know what the what the the social, we don't know what the context is gonna, we don't know what the social climate is gonna be when this is all over and done with. We, you know, how are you gonna? What's the first joke you're gonna tell? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we don't, we don't, we, we have no idea. You could go up there. Hey, hey, remember when there was the United States of America? <laughs> Man, <laughs> told us some yeah, good times, yeah, right. So we just, we just gotta kind of stay loose and have faith that whenever this is it's, done it's, with, and we have a, a, a medium for which to to perform, that we'll still be funny in whatever situation. You know? Well, you know, like, yeah, for sure. Because yeah, a week ago. I couldn't even think about past the week because, you know, just trying to get through this quarantine and we're getting to the end now. We only probably have a day or two most left at most. So starting to think about the outside world in the future. And like I said, I'm not, I can't think of any new material. I keep, a few people have said to me, you must be getting so much good material out of this. And it's like, I am getting nothing from this so yeah. far, you know, maybe in the future. But yesterday I was starting to get a little bit off because, do you know what I was thinking about? And I read this online a few weeks ago before I even came into quarantine is, just remember that when this is all over and the first sports match is played, the stadium's going to be full. When the first bars open, they're going to be packed. When the first restaurants open, there's going to be lines out the door. You know, when this is all over and things start to get back to normal, it's just going to be this joyous celebration of just doing the things that we used to take for granted. And I thought about like our comedy shows, right? We're not, we're not having packed out auditoriums, but we have packed out rooms with 20, 30, 40 people. Those yeah. first comedy shows that we do when this is all said and done, they are going to be packed. They're going to be people that are excited to be out. It's not going to matter what we say. It's not going to matter if we're funny. It's just going to be a celebration of being out and being with people. And 
when I thought about that yesterday, like I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It's like that yeah. moment there is just gonna be incredible. Well, let me know how it goes. I'm gonna be home. I'm gonna let that first round of people go out there and. <laughs> maybe towards the end of the set i'll do a pop in you know, i'll just do a little little quickie seven to ten minutes and get out of there with my mask on um, we should maybe like a clear perspex box and the comedian has to perform in the perspex box so something like that. i don't know if you can hear we're on the, we're on the flight path to the planes i don't know if you can hear the plane going over right now so there are still planes landing i'm yeah. not really sure where they're um, but um, oh, anyway, there's still, let, there's, still, there's still planes going up to like Hanoi and, and Da Nang and stuff like that. Yeah. But let's uh, let's leave on. I think that's a positive note. We'll remember that we will get through this, um, and it's going to be joyous when we do. There's going to be a lot of pain. Like let, um, you know, I was worried. I, I got worried that we've done a few episodes now for this quarantine season, and you know, we've made some jokes and we've been and and I was like yesterday after I'd spoken to Lawrence, which we published, I was like. Do I not recognize the seriousness of, seriousness of this situation enough? Like, and, and Adrian is always wise, as you know, wisest person in the room. She's like, yeah. people get enough of that from the news. Like, everyone yeah. knows it's bad. Like, yeah. you don't go to your podcast and get on the numbers. If anyone's listening, you're being a complete selfish prick because he's not talking about people that are dying. I know people are dying. You know people are dying. We know this is terrible, but this podcast isn't the space to be talking about that because there's plenty yeah. of other places about that so i just wanted to put that out there because i do feel like maybe it seems like i'm may being jovial about this whole situation but i mean we're just here trying to get through it and produce something that hopefully people will listen to and enjoy and uh, take a break from looking at cnn or the bbc or the guardian for like two minutes and and enjoy yeah, listening to me and you of... talking yeah that's our job you know making people feel bad about shit is not our job yeah yeah um, yeah true yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'll hopefully be out here soon. I'd love to say I'll catch up with you for a beer, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen for a while. We've not joined in with any of these kind of Zoom parties or house parties, but because just we don't feel like it, you know, being here in quarantine. We don't. We don't have yeah. a thing in our hand. We're pretty low key. We just stay on our phones and we we talk. We're, we're kind of quiet. We talk to each other, but then we keep to ourselves at the same time. But once we get sure. out, want to join one. of Zoom parties with a beer, so we'll get onto that. Uh, yeah, dude, we had cards enough. against humanity uh, a few days ago. Um, you did you do that? Yeah, with about yeah. seven people. It was super fun, man. Super fun. Oh. All right, well, I'll see you on the outside. We'll have a beer soon. We'll do a show soon. Yeah, enough. man. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, keep up the cooking. <laughs> All right, man. Stay well, man. All the best Thank to you and your family. Much. Say hi to Adrian. Yes, you too. See you soon, mate. Bye-bye. Okay. Peace out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you-know-who, looking at what you do online or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely 
even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>